0: Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you and your life. Turn with me, if you will, to the book of Revelation. We begin our look at the battle that's beginning to wage between uh, Satan and all those who follow after him and the forces of God. Last, Last time we were in Revelation, tonight we want to look at Chapter 13 in your Bibles. Revelation chapter 13. I was studying this and I looked at my text and I uh, noticed in my commentary it said, uh, go to Revelation chapter 12, verse 18. Look at, look at that verse, if you would. Somebody raise your hand and read it for me. Chapter 12. chapter 12, verse 18. The dragon stood on the sand of the sea. Okay. Some of your scriptures will, will say, Chapter 12, verse 18 says that the dragon stood on the sand of the sea other versions of your scripture like the King James, like mine, that verse is not in there. It's incorporated into chapter 13, verse 1. So I was sitting there reading the translation that's in the Greek in my commentary as I was studying this, and I was reading through this, and I was thinking, why in the world would they look at this and and, uh, and start there and then go straight into chapter... Because at first I thought, well, you, you're you going to have four or five verses in chapter 12 and then go into chapter 13. No, it's just that one. And, and for most of us, it begins in chapter 13, verse 1, and it says, And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw... A beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his head the name of blasphemy, but nothing about seeing the the dragon standing on the sand and so I was thinking you what know, well what's going on what's what's wrong? Am I looking at this wrong? A lot of times, I don't know about you. But I, get, I can get confused about where I'm at in Scripture and I can look down at my Bible and say, well, I'm looking at this and I'm looking at this and my other study material and I'm thinking, you know, well, well, I, I'm lost. I'm misplaced in, in where I'm looking or I've uh, got my eyes trained on the wrong portion of Scripture or something like Well, something's going on. It's just that in some traditions it includes that passage of Scripture that's at the end of chapter 12, uh, verse 18. And in other Scriptures, it just kind of eliminates it or kind of merges it in with chapter 13. So um, it's not a a highly critical piece of uh, Scripture there. And at the end of chapter uh, 12, the primary passage of scripture begins in chapter 13 so you can uh, start in 13 chapter 1 and I guess uh, the best thing for us to do is to begin out by reading through this uh, so John is standing on the sand of the sea at the the coast and he sees this beast rise out of the ocean and the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard and his feet were as the feet of a bear and his mouth was the mouth of a lion and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. So we see right away that John is describing a new beast. Uh, We've had the first beast which uh, the dragon is what we're talking about that we looked at previously. That is many times referred to as a beast and rightly so. I, I would imagine all of us would, would say, look at that beast or look at that dragon. Either way, it's, you're talking about the same thing. It is... Uh, uh, but now we see a new one, and it and it is very similar to the first beast, but it, it is coming out of the waters. Now, the, fir, uh, the first beast that was seen came out of the... Uh, dealt with the land, and so this beast is the... Uh, uh The kind of the opposite of it in that it comes out of the ocean, uh, many uh, scholars talk about how many traditions talk about uh, two beasts that were created by God, uh, Levithan and uh, Bohemoth. Bohemoth is considered the the great um, Dragon that uh, walked upon the land, uh, many uh, people who read about behemoth that's in scriptures think of a, a dinosaur that is walking on the land, and they uh, whenever behemoth is mentioned in scripture, they say, "Well, this is a dinosaur that's on land, and Levithan is considered to be a dinosaur that is in the ocean. And so some scholars say, well, what is being referenced here of these two beasts are are like two dinosaurs that are uh, one coming out of the ocean, one coming out of uh, the desert. Uh, Regardless of that, uh, we see two sides of of, uh, the evil and the chaos that is brought about by Satan during this battle. And what I want you to see here is, is not all, all about just simply the beast. Uh, what we have here is uh, Satan is, is establishing uh, a power, a force that he is drawing people to. One of the most important passages uh, to understand what this is all about Uh, is coming next and it says and I saw one of the heads and it was wounded to death and his deadly wound was healed and all the world wondered after the beast and they worshiped the dragon which gave power unto the beast and they worshiped the beast saying who is likened to the beast Who is able to make war with them now what we are reading in chapter 13 is the beginning of the description of a war of worship and what we have in chapter thirteen, all of what is happening in chapter thirteen is the establishment of idolatry by Satan during the uh, tribulation time. And what is uh, what is we remember what we saw in the first beast. The first beast was going after uh, the woman who was having the child. And remember we talked about that and there were different interpretations as to who the dragon was, who the woman was, who the child was. And and it's kind of held as uh, a traditional view that the dragon, the red dragon, is Satan, the woman is Mary, uh, and the child is uh, referencing Jesus. Uh, because it references the child as having... Uh, an iron scepter and ruling and reigning and being uh, uh, the uh, uh, the branch of David and all of these kind of indications as it being a portion uh, a, a pointing to uh, jesus christ and and the dragon the red dragon, remember what he was doing he was going after the woman. Especially as the woman was about to give birth. And remember the imagery that was being used. And the imagery in chapter 12 was of the dragon that was. You you just imagine an image of a woman in labor uh, and a woman about to give birth. And here's the dragon and he's got his maw open, his mouth open, ready to devour the child as the child is being born. Uh, And this is descriptive of uh, how... Uh, Satan was going after Jesus to prevent him from accomplishing the task that God had sent him to come to earth to accomplish, which is, of course, uh, to bring salvation to mankind. And so we see this, uh, this early battle between the dread dragon and uh, the woman who was giving birth. Now we see another beast that arises, a beast that is said to be coming from uh, the ocean, and this beast has uh, great authority and has all kinds of power, but this, all of this power is coming from the first beast, and all this authority is coming as a result of the first beast. And the, the reason for all the things that the second beast that is mentioned here in chapter 13 is, is to give... Uh, um, to cause everyone to try uh, to, to get everyone to worship the first dragon, the first beast. And so what we see is, is uh, Satan is establishing uh, the power and authority on the earth to try and draw people away. Let me just stop here for a minute and talk to you about my philosophy of sin. Uh, I've mentioned it several times in different con, uh, connotations, uh, different situations and basically what I've mentioned before in, in uh, sermons and what I've mentioned here as well is, is that uh, basically sin is Satan taking that which is Uh, a gift of God, a divine uh, element of God and taking anything and everything that God has established for mankind and twisting it and manipulating it so that Uh, rather than God receiving the glory or God being glorified or God receiving praise from mankind as a result of that is that it turns into some perversion of what God has given. This is the ultimate of what Satan is doing in this uh, uh, chapter 13. He is taking everything that God has established, God's rule and reign upon the earth, God uh, being uh, uh glorified and and lifted up, uh, just to remember all of the images of who God is uh, remember uh, god is is seen in the in the scripture here in revelation as uh, we 've seen the images of heaven and the images of The throne room of God and where God is sitting on the throne. Remember out of the first chapters of Revelation, we saw uh, the, the very throne room of God where God is sitting on His throne and all of uh, the elders are seated around uh, in 12 uh, thrones around God uh, God's throne and, and around the elders outside of the elders are circling them are all these angels and these beasts that are uh, that are glorifying God they're they're just uh, praising God and they're uh, they're just uh, exalting God and lifting up praises to God eternally and continually And this is the image of the throne room of God. Now, what Satan is seeking to do here in chapter 13 is he is seeking to uh, establish his unholy trinity. Now, we talked about, uh, and this is where the term Antichrist comes in. Uh, We have heard of Antichrist. Jesus even mentions Antichrist in his ministry upon the earth. And Jesus says, uh, "You know, there's going to be some that are coming in my name. They're going to they're going to come and they're going to say that I that, that I've returned. They're going to uh, they're going to say that they are the Messiah." He says, "Don't listen to them. They are uh, leading you astray." He says, "Those are antichrists." And this is uh, what is happening here this is the ultimate antichrist and this is is that uh, he, now we understand and uh, know the trinity god the father god the son god the holy spirit right and this is the trinity uh, three uh, facets or the faces of god The, uh, the uh, some Uh, It's the three persons of the Trinity, the three aspects of God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, in this chapter and in following... Uh, What Satan is doing is he's establishing his unholy trinity, which is the red dragon, Satan himself, the second beast that that comes out of the ocean. And then we have also the idol that is about to be uh, uh, built. Read with me in this, uh, continuing in chapter 13. It says... Uh, And they worshipped the dragon which uh, gave power unto the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Verse 5. And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things, and blasphemies and power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth and blasphemy against God, to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle in them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given Him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship Him, whose name are not written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. And if any man have ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. And he that killeth by, with the sword must be killed with the sword. And here is the patience and the faith of the saints... And I beheld another beast coming out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon... And he exercised all the power of the first beast before him and caused the earth and them which dwell therein to uh, worship the first beast whose deadly wounds had healed. And he doeth great wonders so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. And he deceived them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had powers to do in the sight of the beast, uh, and saying to them that dwell on the earth That they should make an image of the beast, which had, uh, or to the beast, which had the wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and uh, cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And so he. so, what we have is is uh, we have the dragon, and uh, you notice he has the uh, wound upon his head. Uh, this wound was so uh, dramatic that uh, many would not believe that uh, that he would survive this wound and and but it says here that the wound is healed. Uh, this is pointing uh, think about this. Um, you have God the Father who sends Jesus Christ, His Son. And Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the God, God incarnate, uh, the very pers- uh, the personification of God uh, walking amongst man, uh, God tented with us. And He is uh, with us and lives as, as uh, mankind upon this earth, ha- uh, lives a life of teaching what God uh, is desiring for mankind to understand and know, and then uh, Jesus Christ is crucified upon the cross. He's dead, and he's buried for three days. And then he rose on the third day. Uh, and this is a, a evidence of who he is. Okay. Now Satan takes that uh, that portrayal uh, uh, and that account of of what God has done and he is taking it and he's twisting it. So now we have a beast that arises that has a wound upon his head that many would not believe that he could survive. Very much like Jesus Christ being crucified. And uh, but the wound is healed, and he is he, he did not die from the womb. And this is uh, Satan twisting what Jesus Christ did on the cross, dying for the sins of the world, and being crucified and <coughs> buried. <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> in the grave for three days, and then raises from the dead. Unbelievable. Not, not possible and evidence of who Jesus Christ is, Satan trying to use this wound as evidence uh, for man or as proof that mankind should worship him. And so uh, then they, not only that, but uh, the beast creates, has an, Im- an image of the dragon to be created and it is an idol for worship and everyone in the world is called to worship the idol and then the idol uh, is brought to life through the power of the beast. And so what we have here is uh, is the unholy trinity uh, that is seeking to uh, draw people away from God to seek to, to bring... You know, Satan knows and understands that he can't be God. So why is he doing it? So why, why would Satan... After John has this revelation and writes the book of Revelation, it's clear for everyone what's going to happen to Satan. Why would he go ahead and do what he does if this is prophecy and it's prophetic as to what's coming? It's to draw people away it 's not to win it 's to draw people away. Everything that Satan has done and everything that Satan has been about has been about drawing people away, drawing you know uh, uh, what do we understand and know about Satan is, is that Satan was uh, 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 fell from heaven because he desired the worship of people rather than God receiving worship. And we see here that he continues in that vein in that his desire is not necessarily to win, it's just simply to draw people away. And so uh, what we have here is, uh, and what we saw is in verse, uh, I think it was verse 4, is that, uh, that the beast is making war on God and on mankind so that uh, people will worship the beast. The beast is seen as being uh, uh, all-powerful and worthy of worship and praise. And so this is all about uh, idolatry. Chapter 13, the whole emphasis of chapter 13 is uh, it is a uh, a chapter of idolatry. The dragon gave the authority to the beast uh, to... in order to draw attention to the the dragon that people might worship the dragon uh, the two beasts show a conflict between order and chaos uh, the beasts are are bringing chaos while God uh, brings order uh, the second beast is referred to as the uh, the be- uh, the uh, the idol that's caused to come back to life is, is considered a beast as well, and it's he, called the false prophet. And he's given power to perform miracles, to call fire to fall from heaven, uh, to to cause um, uh, people to worship the dragon, and. Uh, then, towards the end, we see that he caused all, both small and great, rich and poor, verse 16, free and bond, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, that no man might buy or sell save that he had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. And here, in his wisdom, let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and the number is six hundred and six score, uh, three score and six, or six six six. And what we see is, is that the be, uh, that the dragon is requiring all, the beast is requiring everyone to receive a mark on their hand or their forehead. This is reminiscent of something else that will uh, that will evidence in chapter 17 and that is is that it is the exact opposite of what was already mentioned what does the holy spirit do for the children of god what do the 144,000 have that everyone else doesn't have they are marked by the holy spirit and the holy and uh, the Bible tells us that when we accept Jesus Christ into our heart and life, that we are sealed by the Holy Spirit until the uh, to the end of time, uh, until we're standing before God. The reason that we know that we can stand in confidence and know that we'll not fall away from God is, is that the Bible tells us that we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. Now, Satan is seeking to to bring about a seal of his own. The mark of the beast, a, be, a mark that's on the forehead or the hand, and the way to ensure that everyone gets it is you can't buy or sell, can't uh, get any, can't have a means of living, a means of life, uh, and. Uh, What does the mark of the Holy Spirit, uh, the seal of the Holy Spirit? It is an indication that life has been given to mankind. And so what we see is in all of this idolatry is is it is a distortion, a twisting, a a turning of everything that, that is of God and seeking to bring mankind to worship. Uh, the the dragon, to worship the beast. And you say, well, how could people be so blind in this to see what's going on and not see that it is Satan? How is it possible that no one understands or uh, knows this? Well, you have to remember, who's, who are we talking about that's getting the mark of the beast? It's not the Christians right they they're sealed by the holy spirit it is everyone and it says here in chapter 13 everyone who is not in the lamb's book of life goes out and receives the mark of the beast why because they've uh, they've been deceived by the great deceiver it's plain it's plain they're they're going everywhere and, and and as we've looked through chapter after chapter after chapter in the book of Revelation, God is is giving warning to mankind, warning, shouting it out like those neon signs that I mentioned the last time. God is flashing a neon sign saying, "Judgment is coming. Turn back. Don't keep going." I mean, it's just like it's just like driving down the highway or the interstate and you see signs that say "detour." What what happens? A lot of people, unless there's somebody out there waving you in the other direction. Most people just ignore the detour sign. They just keep on going like always do. Why? Because a lot of times they leave the sign up that says detour even though they're not working on the road and, and the road's not closed. At least that's why a lot of people ignore the detour signs. Well, all through Revelation, God has been given a detour sign. Turn back. Go away. Go the other direction. Come back to God. Uh, don't follow after uh, the devil. Everything is that you've been doing, you 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 need to turn away from the pathway you're going. The stars are falling out of the heavens. Uh, God is bringing destruction uh, to the earth, and all this is happening, and yet they continue to turn away from God, continue to not turn back to God. And so it's only reasonable to understand and see that in spite of all these things that they... in spite of all that God is doing to try and turn them back to Him and they're still turning away from God and still uh, walking away from God, they obviously will go to the first place that they can away from God, and that is to the Antichrist, to the beast, to the dragon. And so all of this, chapter 13, is about idolatry, of of pointing people away from God. And what we're going to see next is God uh, turning people around, turning... Uh, destroying all that that Satan is doing. But this is a war of worship to pull people away from worshiping God to worshiping the devil, uh, to worshiping Satan, the the dragon. And we need to understand that that is what is all. Uh, Let me ask you this. You say, how can they be doing this and know all of this that's happening and still turn away? Well, I would say it's the same as we do when we come in here and we don't fully worship God. We know why we're here. We know why that we come into this place is not to check off a box and say, I came to church or to check on you on your offering envelope that says present Uh, and uh, read your Bible daily and study your lesson and visiting with people. It's not so you can get all your check marks so you can have a a row of ribbons down to the floor. It's so that we can worship God. It's so that we can lift praises to Him. It's so that we can exalt God for all that He is doing and to praise Him and worship Him. So why is it that when we come in and we're sitting in the pews and, and we're involved in worship, that we don't really worship that we're not really we're yeah we're going through the motions we're standing up and we're singing the songs and, and 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 I'm not talking about you know raising your hands and 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 uh you know running up and down the the aisles or or anything like that I'm just talking about true worship we get into the rut of coming in here and going through the motions that we don't truly worship God You don't think Satan is just as happy to have us not worship God when we come into His holy temple to worship Him? He's not just as happy as as if uh, when he turns people away to worship an, an idol. We've got people that call themselves Christians and they worship the ultimate idol themselves. Everything they do is all about themselves, all the things that they do, and they go around admiring their idol all day long with their little device that shows them what who they are and what they are doing and so we need to be careful how we put down people that are in the bible because guess what we can find ourselves in the very same spot we need to be careful who who are we worshiping how are we worshiping god are we worshiping Him with our whole heart? Do we lift up in praise and adoration to Him with a true and sincere heart or we're just going through the motion? What is it? What are we doing with our heart and with our worship? Let's pray.